How is everybody? It's good to see you. Really excited to share with you today. Kind of have some uh, things that um, I think, uh, especially those of you who might be new to the faith, I, I just pray that they're hopeful and helpful uh, in your life. And um, so, uh, yeah, I'm so glad that you are all here today. Uh, so we, we have started a series in the Gospel of John. We often pick a book of the Bible. Uh, we're on week three, and so if you'd like to kind of catch up to the old messages, they're on our website. Um, we are walking through very slowly the first chapter of John, and um, I'd like to read uh, not only the verses we're going to look at today, but the verses that preceded that that we've already talked about. So grab a Bible, turn to John chapter 1. Uh, there should be page numbers up on the screen if you want to use a church Bible around you or you have a recovery Bible. Otherwise, um, do your best to see if you can find John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John back in the New Testament. So John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, and then I'm going to encourage you to keep your Bibles open. Uh, let me begin reading at verse 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. We've learned that the Word refers to Jesus. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. This Word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Now these are the verses we're going to talk about today. He came, Jesus came, this word, this light came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him, but to all who believe him and accept him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. All right, so we're going to really talk today a little bit about this verse, verse 10. He came into the very world he created, but the world did not recognize him. And uh, that shapes our question for today. Uh, how have you seen or recognized Jesus' presence working in your life this last week? It can be bigger than la this last week, but um, how have you seen or recognize Jesus' presence working in your life? So I know it's kind of a hard and a deeper question. I hope a few of you would be willing to help us uh, get an answer um, and, uh, and maybe help us kind of get started with this. So who would be willing to start? My name is Aurora. Good, uh, good afternoon or good morning. Um, for me, I think it's uh, God's been present. I've been struggling with depression and some other stuff, and God's presence has been working in my life because I've been able to talk to some people in recovery, so that's been really neat. All right. Thank you, Aurora, for sharing. All right. 
Hi, Lighthouse. I'm Louisa. Um, one way that I've seen Jesus' presence in my life is, um, like, the other day I came across a Facebook post, and it there was a question that really got me thinking of how would it be if Jesus ended up looking at you the way you, you look at others, and that really, like... Uh, hit a nerve, but a good nerve, uh, because there's some people that I am struggling to see through Jesus' eyes. All right, thank you, Louisa. All right, who else would be willing to share? All right, we'll do Manny, and then we'll go to the back. Hi, family. Um, my name is Manny. Um, and I just want to say, um, even to our family that is on timeout right now, um, the one thing that the presence has worked in my life that Jesus keeps reminding me is I am in love because he is love. But um, I just want to say that people who have struggled with their faith and come back to the Christ, our Lord, um, one thing that from a young age that he's taught me God has is when I venture away from him, um, never to dismay um, Christ's teaching, always remain teachable, um, and even looking into scripture, you know, if you're even feeling like, you know, this is a bunch of garbage, remain teachable, um, that's what he has taught me in my life, and especially this past week, um, and to ask and to receive when it's worthy, and I'm grateful for that. Thank you so much, Manny. Hi, my name is Marcella, and uh, God has given me the strength and the courage to leave somebody that I've known for 14 years, who is an act of addiction, who I will always care about, but I cannot be in that world, so going back to church, my meetings, and being alone sucks, but at least there's no drama, no abuse, and etc. just my, my cat and I, so I'm pretty happy right now. Yeah, yeah, thank you and welcome, yep. Real life stuff here, huh? Um, all right, Susan. Good morning, everybody. My name is Sarah. Sarah. Uh, how have you seen or recognized Jesus' presence in the last week? Man, there's just too much. It's been a, a lot of heavy things that I've dealt with in my life right now. But, whoa, you guys, every day somebody or something comes and I'm just like in a deep depression because I'm dealing with things I don't want to talk about too much. But I'm I'm not even moving and things are happening. So... Um, even today as I was driving to church, nothing's going to make me lose my faith in God. Nothing. Amen. So just keep your faith, you guys, because even if you're not moving, things are happening that you don't realize, but you will eventually. So hmm. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. Time for one more. We'll wrap up with Holzer yes. here. Good morning, family. Yes, this week, the way I saw Jesus in my presence, I was through... Um, my animals, I can say this because um, when I was really stressed out, I have a cat whose name is Panther who came and gave me a massage. I have a dog whose name is Trouble who came and gave me, you know, Jesus staying next to me. And I was able to see Jesus' presence and knowing that this planet is wonderful for his creations. And also my wife, you know, being patient with me, you know, with my struggles, uh, with my stress, you know, just I have seen 
Jesus' presence in every single corner of my life. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Holger. Yeah. Uh, appreciate uh, all your answers and just want you to know we'll discuss that tonight at 6.30 if you'd like to come. And um, I'm hoping if you're really not able to see things um, in your life that would answer that question that maybe by the end of our time together uh, it'll become a little clearer. A sergeant major is inspecting his troops one morning when he sees a new soldier he does not recognize. Hey, you soldier, get over here. What's your name, he says. John. John? What the heck kind of an army do you think this is, John? I never call my soldiers by their first names. It breeds familiarity and leads to a breakdown in discipline. I only call my soldiers by their last names, Smith, Jones, Jenkins, and so on. And you will refer to me as Sergeant Major. Do I make myself clear? Yes, Sergeant Major, he said. Good. Now that we've settled that, what is your name, soldier? Soldier breathes a heavy sigh. (sighs) Darling. My name is Darling, Sergeant Major. Okay, John, here's what I need you to do. So most of you know that Lighthouse Church is 10 years old, and uh, I, I marvel at how many people come through here um, every week. Um, I tend to be pretty good at recognizing uh, who's been here before, um, although sometimes that doesn't work as well as I would hope. Um, sometimes people will look familiar, but I would guess most of you will understand Sometimes I'm not sure where I recognize them from. Um, I've always been pretty good with names, but it can be kind of hard to keep up around Lighthouse Church with names. Um, Some stick quickly, and some take um, quite some time, and I'm not even sure why. Um, I want to know your name, so that's what I really want you to know. I want to know your name, um, but... Please don't be offended if I ask you over and over again because I'm trying to learn it and remember it. Um, Here's one I I really hate. I I hate it when um, I run into or meet someone from the past and I don't recognize them and they won't tell me who they are. They wait for me to guess. I hate it when that happens. And once in a while, um, because I've been a pastor a long time, I'll run into somebody who's a kid you know, when I met them, and now they're an adult, and I have no idea who they are. Um, John chapter 1, verses 10 and 11 say, Jesus came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. Such an interesting verse. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. Uh, When Jesus came, Israel was expecting a Messiah to come a Savior to appear. Uh, But they expected a Messiah to come and redeem them that would look different than who Jesus ended up being. Jesus didn't match the Messiah they expected, and so they didn't recognize him. They were expecting more of a military-style leader, and Jesus was a humble servant. Uh, They were expecting more of someone who would uphold the tradition of Israel, 
But Jesus came in and turned the traditions of Israel upside down. We're going to see that a lot as we go through John. Uh, They were expecting a Messiah who would come in and um, have strength in might. But Jesus' strength came in love. And instead of honoring him and following him, his own people rejected him. That's what John is saying. They tortured him. They crucified him. But what we're going to learn as we go through John's gospel is God raised Jesus from the dead. And if he's raised from the dead, that means he's alive. And if he's alive, that means that he is still here. And if he is still here, that means that he is still working today and that he is showing up in our lives even if we don't recognize him. In fact, we've learned here that we are the body of Christ um, and so one of the profound things we learn in Scripture is that, is that we can recognize Jesus in the actions, the love, the care that we get from the people that the Lord has brought us in touch with. So I've been, I've been thinking about how Jesus um, does make appearances in our lives and, and how we often will not recognize him. And uh, I, I wanted to share today a little bit, um, starting off, I'm talking with you about why it is that people, you and me, may not recognize Jesus making appearances in our lives today. Um, And I came up with four things. You're going to hear the number four a couple times here, three times today. So uh, here they are. I just want to kind of go through them with you. Um, I, I realize that some people may not recognize Jesus kind of showing up in their daily life because you've never really met Jesus, you've never been introduced to Jesus, um, don't know who Jesus is. Um, and we have people all the time who come to Lighthouse who this is like their first church experience. Maybe you've not, you know, you didn't have family or parents who taught you anything about Jesus. And, um, and so this is kind of a new thing. Um, and if that's you, I hope you do keep coming back. Um, for many in this place, I know that maybe they've believed in a God or a higher power, but it really hasn't developed in any concrete terms. Um, some of you, especially if you're kind of new in recovery, you may be in that place, you know, trying to figure out who, who this higher power is in your life. You know, sometimes I'll run into people who are agnostic. The way I define that is uh, they may believe, yeah, there's probably a God, but I'm kind of indifferent to him. That might be some of you. Um, Once in a while, I'll run into atheists, and that's just somebody who doesn't believe that there is a God or a divine being. Um, I also realize that um, there are many people who've maybe kind of been around the faith for maybe all of their life, but nobody's really even taught them that we can recognize Jesus. So sometimes we've just not really been introduced to the fact that Jesus you know, appears in our daily lives, much less, you know, even know who Jesus is. Uh, But the second reason why I think people often miss Jesus and what he's doing in in their daily lives is because sometimes um, we are just too wrapped up in our own lives. And, uh, you know, life is busy. Um, You know, there's work and there's family and there's friends. For lots of us, there's recovery stuff. There's Michigan Wolverine football. There's all sorts of things that, you know, kind of consume us. And sometimes we just don't, you know, have much time for the spiritual stuff. And so to recognize God doing something around us 
You know, we've, we're, we're too busy. Um, and, you know, you may even have, you know, for much of your life have gone to church, had a cross hanging on your wall, but it hasn't really intersected with your daily life. The busyness of life can make it hard to recognize Jesus. One of the most con- common conversations I have around here is with people who come in, God begins to do things in their life, and then it's kind of time to kind of get life back together, the rest of life back together, and um, work and all the things that, you know, that kind of begin to take over again, crowd out what the good stuff that God has done in our lives. Sometimes we don't recognize Jesus because we're too wrapped up in our life. Sometimes we're just too wrapped up in ourselves. Turn and tell somebody, is that you? Turn back and say, it's been me. <clears throat> so we'll just, we'll say this one this clearly. It's hard to come to know God in Christ Jesus in your daily life if you're convinced and operating as if you are him. There will only be one God at a time in your life. And so if it's you, you're not going to see him. Make sense? Um, And then sometimes um, it's hard to recognize Jesus because we are too wrapped up in our struggles. And that one I know um, is pretty real around here. Um, I, I know that when I was, you know, struggling with my own addiction, it was so hard to see Jesus anywhere. Um, if you're struggling with mental health, and I'm finding that, that it's a kind of a tough time right now for mental health, um, and so if that's you, it can be really hard to see Jesus. Um, if you're struggling with relationships or, or loneliness or grief or or pain or or fear you know fear crowds out faith if you're just struggling with a sinful behavior any struggles that we have tend to blur our ability to recognize not only Jesus working in our lives but God's goodness altogether you know one of the first things people tell us when we're kind of in the midst of struggles make a gratitude list what better week to do that huh what better week to do that um you know, because oftentimes our struggles crowd out our awareness of what God is doing around us. Um, you know, in my own journey, when I was really in the midst of mental health and addiction issues, um, God just seemed absent. Just seemed absent. Um, and so, you know, what I want you to know is what John is telling you. Um, there's probably going to be days in our lives when Jesus is here and he makes appearances and we don't even recognize him. Verse 12 says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, Jesus gives the right to become children of God. So you may not always recognize Jesus, but here's what I do want you to know. He sees you, and he not only recognizes you, but he loves you. Um, Scripture says that he knows your name even better than I do. 
that he knows your circumstances, he knows your strengths, your weaknesses, your hopes, your dreams, your burdens, your fears. Jesus even says that he knows how many hairs on your head are on your head, a bigger deal for some than others. Jesus says God knows everything there is to know about you, even the things that nobody else knows, and he still loves you. That's pretty cool. He still loves you. Scripture also teaches, and that's what John is saying here, when you come to believe in him, when you come to accept him, that we become children of God children of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 uh, says this, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Can you just leave that up there a second? If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, in other words, if you, if you, you know, if you believe that, that Jesus is Lord, say it out loud, Jesus is Lord. Okay? It's as simple as that, yeah? If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, in other words, if you believe it, you know, say it. I, G, you know, God raised Jesus from the dead. God raised Jesus from the dead. Then you are a child of God. Yeah, it's, then you are a child of God. It's not, you know, don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate it. You know, I'm an imperfect person coming to try to follow Jesus as my Lord and trusting that he has forgiven my sins on his, in his death and on the cross and in his resurrection. You know, we are children of God when, when we come to that place. If you're not at that place, that's cool. We're just glad you're here. Keep coming back. But when we are in that place, we can know with certainty that we are God's children. So I was thinking, um, I was thinking, you know, when, when you are called a child of God... Um, that kind of brings some things into your life, too. What kind of things does that bring? Guess what? I came up with four things. Four more things that um, I think that that does. I know there's only three there, but we'll get to number four. Um, I think that, that what, one of the things that it comes to bring me when I know that I am a child of God, it brings me the confidence and assurance that the Father loves me, that he loves you. And as I mentioned, when I was struggling with depression and addiction, um, I'm not even sure that I wanted to believe at that point in my life um, or to trust, but I kind of kept going through the motions. But I want to share something that I discovered, um, and I hope, I hope that if you're struggling with this, that this is something um, that can be helpful to you. Um, I have come to learn that when Jesus gets a hold of your heart, he will not let go. And I've come to believe that when Jesus got a hold of my heart when I was but a young child, and even though I was struggling and I didn't see him anywhere and I wasn't sure that I, you know, that I, what I wanted to do about my faith or whether I wanted to continue, um, I now realize that he had a hold of my heart and he wasn't going to let go. You may have kind of grown up with some sort of a faith in Jesus. You came to know him, and you'd been away for a, maybe a long time, even said you didn't believe him. Now you're back, and you're wondering, well, how does that work? I'll tell you how it works. When Jesus gets a hold of your heart, he doesn't let go. And um, 
you know, that may seem like insignificant right now. It may seem even too big to be true. But there might come a day in your life like it came in mine when that might be one of the most important things that you will remember from your, you know, our past teachings. When Jesus gets a hold of your heart, he's not going to let go. Um, You know, as a child of God, that the Father loves you. You also know a family. A bit dysfunctional family, I must say. (laughs) But hey, some of us know all about dysfunctional families, right? Yeah. Um, You got a new family. Um, A family of faith um, who will love you and support you who may even now and then speak some words of accountability into your life. But here, here's an important thing. It kind of goes with the first one. Um, I, I tell this to our staff all the time, and I just want everybody to hear it, that, that when we come to this place and when we kind of make a covenant to kind of you know, worship together, do life together, um, learn together, grow together, do recovery together, um, we don't give up on each other. We don't give up on each other. Some of you, that's a new thing. To have family or people in your life who won't give up on you, that's a new thing. Um, it's not going to be something that we're going to compromise here. We don't give up on people. Um, and Because God doesn't give up on us, right? And so we don't give up on people. That is so important. And then um, we also, as a child of God, we get dad's guidance. That's kind of cool. Um, you know, my dad has been um, gone um, for a long time. I, I think it must be about 16, 17 years now. Um, and there are still days where I would like to call my dad. Anybody here know what I mean? You know, there's still days. I, You know, and it's not even that his advice was always that, you know, wise. It's Although it was about some things. Um, it's that it was good to talk to, to dad. And uh, I don't have that anymore. Um, I've, also, um, I've also found in my older years that I've gotten really good at giving unsolicited fatherly advice. <laughs> what an awareness that has become. Here's the deal. Um, your Father in Heaven can give you fatherly advice that is even better than mine. Where do we find it? Well, um, one place we find it is in Scripture. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, make us realize what is wrong in our lives, corrects us when we are wrong, and teaches us to do what is right. Helps us get back on track. And so God uses, you know, speaks to us through his word, the Bible. Um, but he also gives us the Holy Spirit to guide us. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 16, it says, it corrects us. Um, the Holy Spirit, um, nope, can you uh, go on? Excuse me. In Galatians chapter 5, it says, uh, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So the Spirit that lives in us will guide us as well, order our thoughts. Um, and then it says in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, what that's going to look like in our lives. We went through this sometime in this last year. Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the Holy Spirit um, and God's Word will 
speak guidance into our lives. Finally, um, we can also know when we are children of God, um, Dad's forgiveness and grace. So uh, I decided I'd share this today as well. A man who recognizes his mistakes when he is wrong is wise. A man that recognizes his mistakes when he is right is married. You're welcome. Here, um, my experience as a dad um, was helpful. Um, I um, have been a far from perfect father and parent. Um, And um, believe it or not, I had imperfect kids as well. And uh, um, for those who hadn't met, my son, by the way, was playing guitar today. So Andrew, and then he's sitting next to his his sister, Sarah. Andrew brought his girlfriend with. Um, What did you say? His perfect sister, yeah. So if you've been a parent, um, you have watched your kids make mistakes and struggle. And my experience was that it only made me love them more and want to help them and take away the pain that they were going through. And, um, you know, when I think about my parents, I did not have perfect parents, but believe it or not, I was not a perfect son. And my parents were always there for me the day until the day they died. I knew they would be there for me. Um, And so, you know, one of the things that we experience um, as we are children of God is we can know that Dad's forgiveness and grace is always there. It's always there. And um, your Father in heaven is perfect. And in your struggles and mistakes and in your sin, God is good and gracious and forgiving. All right, so there's, uh, I want to read verses 12 and 13 again. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So um, what does it mean to be reborn or born again? I, I want to talk about that. If we become children of God, he's literally saying we are reborn to be children of God. So everybody, I want, to think, I want you to think about the day that you were born the first time. Anybody remember it? No, um, because you were a baby. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to kind of bring you back to that day um, when you were first born from the previous world into this world, you screamed bloody murder. You went from the warm and cozy and everything was taken care of and you were fed to being here. (laughs) And your reaction, even though you don't remember it, was, oh my gosh. 
When we are spiritually born again, um, I'd love to say that it's all pink clouds and you know, wonderful things that are going to come in your life. When we um, are kind of reborn into God's family, I, can I just say it can also be a little bit eye-opening and unfamiliar. Um, and, uh, you know, for example, you may not be used to God working in your life. Um, you may not be, able, you know, be used to all these people who now kind of care about you and, you know, want to invade your, you know, comfort zone and all those things. You, you may have a little bit trouble accepting, accepting unconditional love because you really haven't known it before. And the whole idea of, of this new community begins to make you question and hopefully change some of the reality of what your community was like before. Lots of changes come when we come to be reborn into this life with Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, it says this, um, Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. So when we come to know Jesus, there's kind of like this death that comes in. So um, I thought a little bit about, you know, what could I share with you about what does it mean to be reborn or born again? Guess what? I came up with four quick things. Um, here's the first one, uh, that you are reborn into a new life. A new way of living, new values, a new community, a new way of seeing things. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 says this. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. Um, how differently we know him now. In other words, there's the, like this new lens that we get where we begin to see things differently. Not only see God differently, but we begin to see life differently. Secondly, I wanted you to know that when we are reborn, um, you are born again into a new purpose. That's pretty cool. Um, some of you maybe feel like you haven't had a real purpose in life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15 says, Jesus died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised from the dead. In other words, you're now not going to live just for yourself. That's what we do. That's what we do so much of our life. You have a, another reason to live. You have a purpose greater than yourself to live for, uh, to serve, to, to experience a relationship with, um, and to honor uh, the Christ who's died for you. Third thing that we, that we receive when we are born anew is you are born into freedom. For example, God might break some chains that have been um, binding you, perhaps some freedoms from addictions or, or things that have been um, just an albatross around your neck. But I would love to say that all of your struggles are going to be taken away, but I can't say that. Um, in fact, somewhere in his wisdom, God has chosen not to take all of our struggles. Jesus, though, will help us in our weaknesses. He will walk, walk alongside you, help you go through it, help you learn from it. The freedom comes in that your struggles and your mistakes and your sins never cause him to leave you or punish you or abandon you. He likely will let you suffer the consequences. That's why we're all here. But it doesn't affect his love for you or his closeness. God is always closer than you think. 
And I tell you every week, there's nothing you can do today that's going to make God love you more or less than he did yesterday. There's nothing you can do today that's going to make him love you more or less than he will tomorrow. And so we can know this freedom that this love and this this presence is going to be with us forever. Finally, the fourth thing, when you are reborn, it is into an assurance that you're going to be okay. That's one of the coolest things I've experienced, especially in these last years of my life, is, you know, I fall down and I try to stand up and I I can realize, you know what, I think I'm going to be okay. Because God's in charge, you know, um, things may change, but God is in charge. I just want you to know that, 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 that God in your life means that you're going to be okay, whatever comes. Um, he's got your back. He's brought you into this new community, a family. He is with you, not just now, but each day, guiding and forgiving and redeeming and working. All right, so I want to answer the question um, from the beginning, and then we're going to wrap up. So um, I've shared this story before, so some of you have been around for a long time, which isn't very many of you. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe you've heard this story. But um, it comes from some years ago in my lighthouse ministry. Uh, for those who don't know, I used to uh, do a lot of my work out of Caribou Coffee on 25th Street. I would call it my office, and I would be there a lot during the day. I would just kind of hang out, and I would work from there. And uh, there was this one afternoon, I know I had some work on a message to do and some other things that I was working on, and um, so I, was, I decided to go to the office, and uh, I drive over to Caribou Coffee, and um, I get um, just to the kind of 25th Street where I'm going to turn into the parking lot, and my phone rings. And I look at the phone, and it's somebody who I had gotten to know um, at Caribou Coffee who loved to talk to me. And he was, it was a little tiring at times. None of you, okay? It's not any of you. And then I looked, and I saw his vehicle in the parking lot. So I knew he was wondering if I was going to be coming by so that we could chat. So um, I did what any good Christian man would do. I drove through the parking lot, and I went back out on the 25th, and I went to a different um, coffee shop. A little ashamed to admit it. So I actually went downtown. I went to Atomic Coffee on Broadway. I'd gone there a few times, and um, I I didn't know anybody in there. And so um, I got a coffee. I sat in a nice chair, and um, I got out my stuff, and I was starting to work and, and, you know, look at some things. And um, I saw out of the corner of my eye this guy walk in, and um, he kind of staggered over me, over to me. And he plopped in the chair next to me. And he went like this. He said, oh, I need to talk to somebody about God. So um, I did what any good pastor would do. I kept working on my message. And, and I didn't really look up. And, um, and uh, he said it again. And then began to kind of be a little persistent in conversation. And so I put my stuff down and we had a little conversation. Um, Didn't know him. He didn't know me. Uh, But we talked. And uh, interestingly, I noticed that there was somebody kind of against the wall who was watching us, a a woman who was watching us. And I met her after he and I visited. And um, she was his wife. 
and she was following him to make sure that he was going to be okay. He was pretty intoxicated. And so I gave them my card. I told them what I was doing at Lighthouse and, um, and never have seen him again that I'm aware of. Um, my guess is he doesn't remember the conversation. But, um, but here, here's how um, I, I remember that story and I remember that time so well because it has taught me something in my own personal life. It's just about me that, um, that has helped me understand how, how God is appearing to me through Jesus Christ. There was a, a big chunk of my life where I would have, you know, gone away from that moment, probably would have gone back to the church, and I would have said, I want everybody to know how important I am that God literally diverted me from Caribou Coffee to this place downtown so that I could have a conversation with this man who was intoxicated and his wife who was following around. You're welcome. (laughs) That day, um, after they left, I sat and I just kind of stared at my paper And I heard one of the clearest messages that I've ever heard from God uh, when he said, Dale, you've got to get over yourself. You've got to get over yourself. It doesn't matter where you go. I'm going to kind of be in charge here. It doesn't matter where you go. And um, it was very humbling kind of reassuring in some odd ways that God cares that deeply, not only about um, the people that I work with, but me, that, that he would um, give me a message like that. The message was it's about people, one person at a time. That's what I took away from it. It's just one person at a time. And, uh, and don't think you're too important even for the guy back at Caribou, who still in my life, I don't think he's ever heard this story. Uh, um, I, uh, I'm grateful that, that Jesus Christ shows up in my life once in a while in very unexpected ways. Um, but it's not the easiest thing uh, to always see. And, uh, and what I want you to know is that this same God loves you so much. He wants to, you know, be in a relationship with you, wants to work in your life, um, is appearing all around you, probably even in this moment. And, you know, you may not be aware of it, um, but he is here. And so um, I'm going to call the band up, and I'm going to have a prayer with us. Um, And I specifically wanted to pray. You know, I I read that scripture where it says that if you... um, confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised from the, from the dead, you can have the assurance that you are saved, that you are a child of God. I just want to have a prayer with you, especially for those of you who might be in that place where maybe you're not sure, but today you'd like to say, you know what, I, I, I do want to confess that. I want to believe that. Uh, or for just others who maybe want to recommit. Man, I do that all the time. You know, it seems like I've gone my own way here, Lord. I need to recommit to you and and um, get back on track. And so, you know, thank goodness, Lord, you never give up on me. Yeah? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for uh, your grace, your love, your mercy. 
uh, your mercies that are new every morning. I pray for each person here, Lord, that you would help us to see Jesus when he makes an appearance in our lives. I'll bless those who are struggling and are, it's difficult to see you through the struggles. I especially want to pray, Lord, for the people um, in this room right now, those who might be watching online today or in the coming week, um, who want to make a commitment to you, maybe for the first time, uh, but, or maybe for the hundredth time, we're saying, Lord, um, I do confess that you are my Lord. I want to follow you. I want to know you more closely. I do believe that you have died for my sins and that you have been raised from the dead, Lord. I believe that in my heart and I want to, I, I want to follow you and recognize you each day. And so, Lord, um, for anybody who's praying that prayer right now, um, Lord, I pray that you would move them and inspire them. And, Lord, that you would hear the prayer of all of us, our gratitude that, that you never give up on us, that you, once you get a hold of our hearts, you never let go. And that through you we are reborn. You know, our, our death, in a sense, is arrested and we are given new life. I uh, hear our song and our praises. In Jesus' name, amen.